What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode three of Spiritual Fitness. I pray that you're doing well. I pray that you're healthy in your body, even as your soul prospers today. Glory to God. I'm thankful that you guys are, are tuning in and listening. I want all those who have ears to hear. I want you to hear this today. Now, spiritual fitness focuses on training our mind, body and soul to submit to the spirit of the living God. It will encompass spiritual methods given from biblical texts, as well as devotionals to encourage, motivate and challenge believers of Jesus Christ to walk in agreement with the word of God. The Bible says, turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. God wants to reveal himself to you. God wants to reveal his son, Jesus Christ, to you. And if you would have ears to hear today, I believe God is going to give you an encounter that will blow your mind. Glory to God. Now, I want to let you know, first off, that the only thing that can separate you from God and lead you to eternal damnation is sin. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. Guys, sin is rebellion. It's an offense. It's evil in the sight of God. And God promises that our sins can be forgiven if we would humble ourselves and ask for forgiveness and repent. Now you might be saying, well, why, why would I have to do that if he just loves us like that? Why, why would we have to do it? I have to tell you that all sin has eternal consequences should we never come to repentance. God does love you perfectly. But God is just. He is a judge. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 10, for we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. But God shows love. He shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Glory to God. Isn't that a wonderful promise? Isn't that a wonderful truth? Romans 5 and 8 says this. Now, I need to tell you that the first man, Adam, in Genesis 3, brought us into sin. When Eve, his wife, was deceived by the serpent, Satan, the devil, he was she was deceived to eat the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which God commanded them not to eat from. He said, you can eat of any tree in the garden, but this tree don't eat from it. And not only was she deceived after getting clear instructions from God, Adam followed suit. God gave him the instructions and he followed suit and sin entered into our world. He could have rejected. He could have said, no, you know what, wife, I'm not eating that. God told us don't eat it, but he didn't. He ate it also. And all born after those two were born into sin, making us all sinners. And although all humanity was cursed from that point on, God made a plan. And I want to share that plan with you today. And I pray that you got ears to hear this today. I'm going to try to make this as fast as possible because I know nobody wants to hear uh, scripture being read. But you know what? The power of God is in his word. And I truly believe that if you have ears to hear today, somebody's going to have an encounter with God that's going to blow their mind, 
It's going gonna, it's gonna to change your life. It's going to change the direction of your life and help transform you to be the person that God created you to be. Glory to God. So, Isaiah 53 and 5. I want to read this to you in the New Living Translation. <clears throat> it says, this is 500 years. This is probably like in 500 B.C. 500 years before Christ was born. And the prophet Isaiah said, but he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone. But he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet his life is made an offering for sin. He, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. Glory to God, y'all. Glory to God. He who has ears, let him hear. This was 500 years before Christ was born. God already foretold many times like this, that Christ would die for the sins of the world. That all the sins, all the transgression, all the iniquity that we did, Christ will pay the penalty for. And so I want to I want to share with you some more scripture from the book of Matthew. And like I said, I'm going to try to speed this up as, as best I can. But he who has ears, let him hear. Because this is going to change the direction of your life should you hear this today. And so this is after three years, three and a half years that Christ had the 12 disciples with him, teaching them, casting out devils and demons, healing all manner of sickness and disease, doing miracles, signs and wonders. This is after feeding a multitude with just three loaves of bread and a few fish. After walking on water, after turning water to wine, after raising people from the dead. This is three and a half years after. And one of the twelve would betray Jesus. And it starts off here in Matthew 26 and 14. And it says, then the one, then one of the twelve, whose name was Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, what will you give me if I deliver him over to you? And they paid him 30 pieces of silver. And from that moment, he sought an opportunity to betray him. Now, on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying, where will you have us prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, go into the city to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. And the, and the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and they prepared the Passover. When it was even, he reclined at the table with the twelve. And as they were eating, he said, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sorrowful and began to say to him one one after another, is it I, Lord? And Jesus answered, 
he who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. The son of man goes as it is written of him, but woe to the man by whom the son of man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Judas would betray him. Answered and said, is it I, Rabbi? And Jesus said, you have said so. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he had he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. Woo. Now it goes on to say, and when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, you will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered, though they all fell, though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, truly, I tell you this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him, Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, this is what Jesus said. He said, my father, if it is if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so you could not watch with me one hour. And he said again, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation, into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for a second time, he went away and prayed, my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand and the son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. So while he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a great crowd with swords and clubs with the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign saying, the one I will kiss is the man sees him. And he came up to Jesus at once and said, Greetings, Rabbi. And he kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you came to do. Then they came up and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. And behold, one of those who were Jesus, who was with Jesus, stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant on the, of the high priest and cut off his ear. But this is what Jesus said. He said to him, put your sword back in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels? But how then should the scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so? 
So he's reminding him that Isaiah already spoke this, said that he's going to have to be arrested. He's going to have to be crucified. He's going to have to be beaten. So at that hour, Jesus said to the crowds, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day, I sat in the temple teaching and you did not seize me. But all this has taken place that the scriptures of the prophet might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. And now, then those who had seized Jesus led him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders had gathered. And Peter was, followed him, was following him at a distance and as far as the courtyard of the high priest. And going inside, he sat with the guards to see the end. Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking false testimony against Jesus. They were lying that they might put him to death, but they found none. Though many false witnesses came forward, at least two came forward and said, this man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. And the high priest stood up and said, have you no answer to make? What is it these men testify against you? But Jesus said nothing. He remained silent. And the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the son of God. Jesus said to him, you have said so, but I tell you from now on, you will see the son of man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robe and said, he has uttered blasphemy. What further witnesses do we need? You have now heard his blasphemy. What is your judgment? They answered, he deserves death. They spit in Jesus's face and they struck him. And they slapped him, saying, prophesy to us now, Christ. Who is that that struck you? Now, Peter was sitting outside the courtyard and a servant girl came up to him and said, you also were with Jesus, the Galilean. But he denied it before them all saying, I do not know what you mean. And when he went out to the entrance, another servant girl saw him and she said to the bystanders, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know that man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, certainly you too are one of them for your accent betrays you. Then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear. I do not know that man. And immediately the rooster crowed and Peter remembered the saying of Jesus before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Matthew 27. When the morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And they bound him and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate, the governor. Then when Judas, the betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, he changed his mind and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. They said, what is that to us? See to it yourself. And throwing down the pieces of silver into the temple, he departed and he went and hanged himself. But the chief priest taking the pieces of silver said, it is not lawful to put them into the treasury since it is blood money. So they took counsel and brought with them the potter's field as a burial place for strangers. Therefore, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, saying, 
and they took the 30 pieces of silver, the price of him of whom a price had been set by the sons of, of Israel. And they gave them for the potter's field as the Lord directed me. Now Jesus stood before the governor and the governor asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, you have said so. But when he was when he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate said to him, do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he gave him no answer, not even to a single charge, so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they had been a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, whom do you want me to release for you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ. For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent a word to him, having nothing to do, have nothing to do with the righteous man. For I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. So his wife then had a dream about Jesus. And she said, look, don't even pass judgment on him. So this is what the next verse says. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor again said to them, which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, then what shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? They all said, let him be crucified. These are the people who saw Jesus do miracles, signs and wonders. These are the people who called on Jesus to raise their sons and daughters from the dead. These are the people who ate the bread. It was only three loaves, but he fed thousands. This was the same Jesus that they saw standing on the on the boat, ministering to them, preaching to them. And he said, why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more. Let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I'm innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, his blood be on us and our children. Then he released for them Barabbas and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus in the governor's headquarters. And they gathered the whole battalion before him and they stripped him. They humiliated Jesus. They stripped him naked and put a scarlet robe on him. And twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe, humiliating him and put on his clothes and they put his clothes on him excuse they put his clothes on him and led him away to crucify him and as they went out they found a man of Cyrene Simon by name they compelled this man to carry his cross and when they came to a place called Golgotha which means place of the skull they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall but when he tasted it he would not drink it and when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him there. 
and over his head they put the charge against him which read this is Jesus the king of the Jews mocking Jesus then two robbers were crucified with him one on the right and one on the left and those who passed by derided him wagging their heads and saying you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days save yourself if you are the son of God come down from the cross so also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him saying he saved others he cannot save himself he is the king of Israel let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him he trusts in God let God deliver him now if he desires him for he said I am the son of God and the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way now from the sixth hour there, were, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lemma sabathani. That is, my God, my God, what have you, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling for Elijah the prophet. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on the reed and gave it to him to drink. But the other said, wait, let us see whether Elijah the prophet will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs were also opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. The dead was being raised, y'all. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, truly, this was the son of God. There were also many women there looking on from a distance who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given him. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. Now, I want to remind you guys at this point, this is the rich man's tomb that they were talking about over 500 years ago. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there sitting opposite the tomb. The next day, that is after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how the imposter said while he was, while he was still alive, after three days I will rise. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people. He was risen from the dead and the last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, you have a guard of soldiers. Go make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. 
And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. As he said, come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said greetings. And they came up and told him and they took they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. While they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders, taking counsel, they came, they gave a, a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, tell the people his disciples came at night and stole them away while we were asleep. After this comes after, uh, excuse me, it said, and if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Glory to God. Glory to God. That's the end, y'all. And I, I just want to encourage you. That was Matthew 26, 14, all the way through to, uh, to Matthew chapter 28. I want to let you know today that God loves you perfectly. He is righteous. He is a judge. But he showed his love that he prepared us. He prepared us many years ago before we even born to have Jesus be our sin sacrifice. And he proved it by defeating death when he raised Jesus from the dead on the third day, just as he said. And he gave him all power in his hands to forgive sins. Now, if you are a person who who has heard this and you have ears to hear, I want to encourage you to search your heart. Even his disciples who were with him for three and a half years, when they saw him, they still doubted. I want to encourage you today, don't doubt it. Jesus is alive. He is seated at the right hand of God the Father, and he is waiting to forgive your sins today. If you're questioning, well, I've done the best I can. I've done all that I could in my life. I think I live a pretty good life. I want to ask you these questions. See, Jesus said, if you love me, you believe in me, then obey my commands. Keep my commandments. And I want to ask you today, have you, have you ever lied? Well, if you lied, then you're a liar. Have you ever committed adultery? Meaning, even if you have looked at a woman or a man lustfully in your own heart, you have already committed adultery. Have you ever stolen anything? Well, then 
Now you're a thief, a robber. And if you could answer those questions truthfully, then you know that sin is the only thing that can separate you from God. Sin is an offense to God. It's rebellion against God. That's not what God wants for us. And he knows that we are incapable of, re of reconciling ourselves to him. And that's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to take all of that punishment. I want you to remember that Jesus didn't say a mumbling word. He didn't cry for help. He didn't say, no, they lying against me. No, he took it because he is the sin sacrifice for us. And he shed his perfect holy blood that we may be forgiven. While we were still sinners, he sent Jesus to die for us. And if you're a person today that knows that you are, your relationship is not right with God, if, this, if you were a person who would say, if I died right now, I know I'm not going to heaven. This is your opportunity today to believe what we just read today. Matthew 26, 14 to chapter 28. If you would believe that today, then bow your head before the Lord and repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I know I was a born sinner. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins. And I believe on the third day, you raised him from the dead. I now repent of all my sins. Forgive me, Lord, for what I've done to myself and what I've done to others. Jesus, come into my heart and make me the person you want me to be. Jesus, save my soul. Save my soul, Jesus. And by faith, I receive you as my Lord, my personal Savior, and my Master. And I will worship you the way your disciples worshiped you when they saw you raised from the dead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. If you said that prayer, I want to welcome you to the body of Christ. I want to welcome you to this, to this family, this inheritance that Jesus has prepared for you and for me. Now, to be a follower of Jesus, it's not something that you just, you just take that forgiveness and you just go back to living the way that you used to live. No, to be a follower of Jesus, you must obey him. To be a follower of Jesus, you got to know that this life is still going to be filled with with suffering. It's still going to be filled with trials and tribulations and tests. Not everything is going to be roses, because if you would follow the footsteps of Jesus, you will follow right up the path where he was nailed to that cross. And if Jesus, who was blameless, faultless, never lied, never deceived anyone who was perfect. Was persecuted, then you certainly will be persecuted. So being a follower of Jesus does not mean that it's just going to be all blessings. God will bless you. But you're going to have to you're going to have to serve God. You're going to have to worship God. You're going to have to you're going to have to proclaim his name. This is what all the disciples did. All those who came in contact with Jesus, who Jesus gave them an encounter. They went back and they told many people about him because they were revealed who Jesus Christ was. And I pray that today, if you had ears to hear, that you know.
who Jesus was, that you know that he was blameless and faultless, not from my mouth, but from the words of this Bible. I want to encourage you today to search your heart. If you did not say that prayer, if you do not believe, if you're straddling the fence right now, I want to encourage you today. Search your heart. We don't know the day nor the hour that Jesus will return. And when he returns, he's coming back to claim those who already believe, those who said, I will follow you, Jesus. And for those who reject this message, there will be eternal consequences. So I want to encourage you today to search your heart. Now, I know this was kind of a long podcast, so probably if you was listening to this, you could be listening to it in your car during the traffic jam on your way to work. Um, I pray that it blessed you. And I want to I want to encourage you guys to support. I want you guys to support this ministry because this ministry is not just a podcast. It's um, I go out into the streets in, in desolate places, places that are not popular. And I go out and I minister the word of God to the lost, to all those who may want to have the same experience you just had when you just heard this gospel message, when you just heard the good news that you don't have to try to justify yourself to God. I go out and I preach this gospel to people in the streets and I give out Bibles. I give out literature to help them come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ that they might be saved. I also take uh, every opportunity I can to, to, to do some type of um, charity out in these different cities. And it would be awesome if you would support this ministry so that many more will have the encounter that you might have had today. So if you want to support this ministry, if you want to plant a seed in this ministry, go to Cash App, dollar sign, Christ Partnership, and plant a seed in this ministry. And I, and I guarantee you, you will be blessed by it. When you support the work of God, God will surely bless you. He said, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. So when you support the work of God, God will see you and God will bless you. I'll thank you all for listening today. I know this was long, but I love you with the love of the Lord. And I just want you all to hear the good news. God bless you.